Sir Great Roger Taylor once sang, I'm in love with my car. And that car for me is a Tesla Model X. It doesn't sound like that, in fact it sounds more like this. So today we're going to pop the bonnet on EV charging to realize the engine is missing and all we have is a frunk. For those of you who aren't EV drivers, that's a front trunk. So let's all get the frunk out and take a look at approved document S, infrastructure for charging electric vehicles. I can't wait. This is the Halo Construction and Real Assets podcast. But first, just a gentle reminder that you now have just 13 months to prepare for the Building Safety Regulator to invite you to provide your safety case and safety case report for your higher risk residential buildings within 28 days. Yep, you will have just 28 days to produce something that will take you a lot longer than 28 days to produce. Just saying, clock's ticking, are you prepared? So, in the news this week, UK government issued a little circular letter entitled Single Stir Provision in Very Tall Residential Buildings and Applicability of the Approved Documents which was in itself supported by another letter this time from the Building Regulations Advisory Committee BRAC entitled Staircases in Tall Buildings, which was in itself supported by the aptly titled Manual to the Building Regulations 2020. So the gist of all of this is, if you are proposing to build a high-risk residential building with just a single stairwell, well, UK government now says that you are highly unlikely to be able to show compliance with the current regulations. That may come as a shock to your investors. Halo recommends that you go and check out episode two of our podcast, It Takes Two, Baby. Oh my word. That was just another shameless plug. What is with the song references? Right then, heading straight back to approved document S, Infrastructure for the Charging of Electric Vehicles. Released in December 2021 and updated in February 2022 and coming into full force from the 15th of June 2022 for all new schemes registered after that date and for all schemes registered before that date but which have not started work on site before the 15th of June 2023. So it's in force now so your design team should be taking this into account. In particular, we'll be looking at how this applies to new residential accommodation developments, but there are also applications for redevelopments, renovations and non-residential developments too, so please take heed. So let's kick off with Regulation S1. What does that say in layperson's terms? Okay, firstly, all new builds have to have access to EV charging points. That's great, fully supportive of that. Secondly, the number of charging points should be one for each dwelling. 
or if the number of associated car parking spaces is less, then each parking space should have a charger. The minimum number of associated car parking spaces being 10. Hmm, not so sure about that one. I mean, would you have a petrol pump on every car parking space for an ICE? An ICE being an internal combustion engine and a car, in EV terms, being an icebox. Still, let's go on. Thirdly, if you're lucky enough to have more spaces than dwellings, that would be strange and I've never seen that yet, but there you go, then you have a charger for each dwelling and every other space needs to have a cabling route installed. No charger, no cabling, just a cabling route. Let's continue. Regulation 44D suggests a cap of £3,600 per car parking space for the installation of each charger. The amazingly named £3,600 cap. Just in case you can't remember it, that is £3,600 as a cap on expenditure for each charger, hence £3,600 cap. However, if it will cost more than £3,600 multiplied by how many car parking spaces you have, so for instance, simple maths, say 100 spaces at £5,000 each, installation costs, would cost you £500,000 overall. But the cap states 3,600 times 100, £360,000. Then you just need to install as many charges as you can up to the cap, this being £360,000 divided by £5,000, 72 spaces, put EV charges on those, and the other 28 spaces just have to have cabling routes. Simple. I swear to God that Peter has been out in the sun too damn much today. Sorry. Here comes section 6. That says each charger should be a minimum 7 kilowatts. So in the previous example, you would need about an 840 kilowatt transformer, allowing for redundancy and future expansion of the additional spaces. This is where the electricity providers start to get a little bit heated and suggest you need to be more reasonable on your peak load demands. Still, pressing on. Each charger should be compatible with all EV cars according to regulation 44J but it must be a minimum mode 3 type charger, which probably means multiple charging connections as they tend to be changing a lot. I know, I've just spent out several hundred pounds to have my Tesla adapted from mode 3 to CCS charging. That's combined charging system, which is the new standard. Finally, each car park charging space needs to have enough room to be able to charge your EV safely. So. Car parking spaces are getting bigger and the density of car parking is decreasing. But that's a quick summary and I've, I've missed anything, it's completely unintentional. So what do we think? Well, as an EV driver and garaging my car at home, it is extremely convenient to have my own charger at home. Saves going to those smelly dirty petrol spaces. However, the truth is that if my neighbour had an EV car and we could micromanage payments, it would make sense, especially with fuel costs rising, etc., to share that charger using off-demand charging when possible. That said, when I was a nice CE driver, I wouldn't consider having a petrol pump at home. Having a domestic EV charger is convenient 
and communal high-speed charges are few and far between, let's be clear. But I can see the time when each district will have supercharging facilities and the domestic home charger will be ousted like VHS tape machines, CDs and DVDs. Gone. That is progress and we welcome it. The issue I have with approved document S is that it appears to take the domestic homeowner convenience position of today and exponentially multiply it by the number of spaces you have. That is not progress, that is multiplication. You need to understand EV driving to be able to write a build regulation about EV charging. I've now spoken to dozens of EV drivers who work in the industry who've read approved document S and think it's not fit for purpose. It's prescriptive to the point of idiocy. With short haul ICE driving, you fill your car up, you run the fuel tank down over several days. With short haul EV driving, you start with a battery charge of say 90%, you use a few percent, and then you top it back up to 90% and so on and so on. If you have 100 car parking spaces, you would install a small bank of managed high speed chargers with automatic alerts and if necessary, penalty fines, and you rotate EV cars through that process, encouraging people to charge in low demand times. You can then use spare capacity for third party income generation. That makes more sense to me than having a hundred slow seven kilowatt chargers, most of which will not be used for decades. To be frank, I think approved document S is not fit for purpose, is too prescriptive and feels like it was written by an accountant driving a fuel hungry icebox. So let's file this building regulation where it should be. In the bin. Oops, so very sorry for that. Please, just remember you need to comply with approved document S. That is, until it changes. Next time on the Halo Podcast, we're going to look at that hot topic of combustibility. Why spend hundreds of thousands of pounds resolving combustible insulation on the exterior facades of your building and yet leave combustible insulation on the roof? It makes no sense. So there you have it. We trust you found this informative and remember, being compliant is the minimum standards of acceptability and we can all do better much much better this is your host peter bow signing off the halo limited be safe and let's make life simple not complex